Excellent. How are you this morning? Good? Good. Turn to someone next to you and say, you're looking good this morning. Even though it's dark, you're not lying, it's the truth. Very, very cool. Well, my name is Simon and uh, it's a privilege to be with you this morning. Uh, we're from the Clare Valley, down in uh, uh, the Clare Valley. And uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful part of the world. And speaking of beautiful part of the world, we've been here a couple of days. And Port Lincoln's pretty cool, hey? We love it. The beach is just refreshing and just some great people, some great coffee which is always a good thing. Uh, from being in Clare, they don't actually have very good coffee there. Uh, uh, they did have one, um, but unfortunately Paul closed that shop down, but uh, that's all right. Uh, we, we got good, good coffee in our church, and so that's a, a good thing for us. But we're, we're pastors at uh, Influencers Church in the Clare Valley, and my wife Lauren and I moved up, and this is my family. I'll introduce them to you. This is Lauren. Uh, she's my wife, and uh, we have a little girl called Hosanna. And she is 19 months old and full of spunk, which is very, very fun. And we have a little Noah, a little boy, who's five months old as well. So we have our hands full. We, we moved up from Adelaide and uh, um, amalgamated with the church up in the Clare Valley. Uh, and so I've learned a lot about country people and about living in the country. And uh, I love it. I love being a part of, of uh, what God is doing in the country. And, and who knows the best people who live in the country? Amen. Amen. And uh, we're very thankful to be here and very honored to, to be here. We want to thank Pastor Paul, uh, Pastor Rob and Pauline for uh, their hospitality. Uh, you guys have excellent pastors, right? They are just outstanding. We've been totally blessed and, and blown away by the hospitality of these two. And so we're very thankful to be here this morning. And uh, as Josh said, we'll be pausing at uh, 11 o'clock in remembrance of uh, you know, what those soldiers did and the people that fought for our freedom. So I've got a, an alarm on my iPad. So if things start buzzing, it's just me. And just to remind me, we're going to have a minute silence and then the band's going to come up and we're going to go into some ministry time after that. But I understand that uh, we've been, as a church, you've been uh, looking at being fruitful and, uh, and fruitfulness and what, what that looks like. And so I want to speak into that today and speak into what does it mean to be fruitful and what does it mean to, to live a life that is fruitful and the reality is that everybody produces fruit, but the, the challenge is what type of fruit are we producing? And so I want to encourage you to, to take notes and lean in because I, I believe that you get what you go for. Uh, if you're here and you're expecting God to speak to you, then I believe that God will speak to you. If you're, if you're here and you're wanting keys to unlock situations in your life and unlock things uh, in your heart and, and allow God to come and intervene in your life, then I believe that God will do that. And I'm a big believer that you get what you go for. And so I want to encourage you this morning to have an open heart and say, God, come and speak to me. Come and do what you want to do in my life. Come in and unlock some things in my heart because I, I, just, I know the power of God. And, and one word from God is enough to just unlock and change things in my life. We're, we're living in things now. We're, we're living in uh, just the grace of God and the blessing of God now because he spoke a word into Lauren and I in our life about five or six years ago. We're seeing the fruit of that word unlocked in our life today because God spoke that word. And so I'm a big believer that just one word from God, one word into my situation, one promise, one, you know, just uh, anointing, one covering, one word from God has the ability to keep on multiplying and keep on seeing fruit in our lives. So I want to pray. We're going to get into the word this morning. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to come around your word. Thank you that there's power in your word. 
Thank you that it's your word that brings truth. It's your word that brings life. It's your word that allows us to walk in the freedoms that you have for us this morning. Thank you that it doesn't matter about popular opinion or, or culture or what is happening around us, but Father, we can stand on your word and the, the word is truth and we can stand on that this morning. So Father, we pray that you would come and speak to our hearts, come and open up our hearts and do what you want to do in this place and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to unpack Galatians and uh, I understand, you know, you've heard about the fruits of the Spirit and being fruitful and all those kind of things. And I want to just unpack Galatians a little bit for you if you're new here or you haven't heard uh, the, the context of that scripture. And we're going to go into that in just a moment. But essentially, Paul is writing to the church in Galatia and he's, he's writing to the church. And in the book of Galatians, he's essentially laying out that there's this battle going on between living in the flesh and living in the Spirit. And there's this battle that goes on, and, and in the book of Galatians is all about the idea of living in the flesh and living in the Spirit and the two different places that we can live out of. And, and the battle is inward, and the fight is an inward fight, but the fruit of that is an outward expression. The, the battle that goes on goes on on the inside, but he, he lays out this fruit, and the fruit is essentially the result or the outworkings of that battle that goes on on the inside. And he's writing to the church, and he says there's two places, there's two ways that you can live out of. You can live out of the flesh or you can live out of the Spirit. And he goes on in Galatians chapter 5 to look at the two fruits or the, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of those that inward battle, that inward sort of thing that's going on on the inside. And we see uh, Paul outwork these fruits. So let's have a look at Galatians chapter 5. It says, but I say to you, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. And you see this battle that's going on that he's talking about inside of every person. There's these two desires, there's this two battle that is going on. It says, For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And he, and he lists these, uh, essentially the fruits of living in the flesh. And it says sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. There's another slide just next. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and things like these. And he spells out those are the fruits of living in the flesh. Then he says, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he goes on to say, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I want you to say these with me. Is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. What a list, hey? What a list. So Paul contrasts these two fruits. He says, when you're living out of the flesh, then there's these fruits that come about, and when you're living out of the Spirit, then there's these fruits that come about. The reality is everybody is producing fruit. The, the, the challenge is what type of fruit are we producing? Are we producing the, the first list or are we producing the second list? And I want to look at today and really unpack how do we uh, as believers, how do we as Christians live as people that see the fruit that God wants us to see in our lives? Because it's all good to say, you know, we, we need to have love and joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control and all those other things. But who knows it's pretty hard to display those fruits in your life by yourself. Huh? Maybe it's just me. But I want to look at today, how do we unpack that? How do we be people that live as if we're, we're seeing the fruit that God has 
for us. And I, I find it interesting that he uses the term fruit. Uh, and I've got five interesting facts about fruit. And they, these are in and of themselves are five different messages. And I thought, well, I'll throw these in for you and you can look into them yourself. But I want to major on the last one. And these are just five things that I find interesting about fruit and about fruitful people. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these down. The first one is that fruit is something that is grown over time. It's not instantly produced. Fruit is something that is grown over time. It's not instantly produced. Fruitful people understand that things take time and it's not an instant process. There's no quick fix. There's no miracle pill that you can take to shed 40 kilograms. There's, there's nothing that, that we can do in our lives. There's no such thing as the instant fix. That fruitful people understand that it's a process of working and allowing God to work inside of you. Fruitful people understand that it's actually the long game that I'm playing. I'm not playing the short game. See, I think sometimes we can be so uh, focused on wanting to see fruit and wanting to be fruitful people and, and we look right in front of us at how do I produce fruit right now, but fruitful people understand that this is a process and it takes time to grow fruit in our lives. Number two, fruit isn't achieved by working, but by abiding. Fruit isn't achieved by working, but by abiding. Fruitful people understand the importance of the environment that they're planted in. They understand the importance of the environment that they're planted in. Who's ever heard the saying, if you, if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future? I was a youth pastor and at, at, our, at one of our campuses. And, you know, we used to drum this into our young people. If you, if you show me your friends, then I'll show you your future. What are we trying to say? Essentially, we're saying, show me your environment and I'll show you what kind of fruit or what kind of tree or what kind of person you'll become. If you look at your environment, you look at the people that you're hanging out with and the, the things you're speaking, the language you're talking, the environment that you're in, the environment will determine where you go and what kind of fruit you produce. You know, if you had a, a, a lemon seed and you planted the lemon seed in the soil and, you know, you're, you're expecting this lemon seed to grow into a lemon tree, the, all the potential could be inside of that seed and all the, the ability and, and all the gifts and all the talents and all the things could be inside that seed. But if it's put in the wrong environment, that seed will never grow. Your environment is everything. If you want to be a fruitful person, you've got to have the right environment. Be planted in the house of God, have healthy relationships and be in the presence of God. Number three, fruit always reproduces itself. Fruit always reproduces itself. Fruitful people aren't focused on themselves, but they're focused on the people that they're discipling and the people that are coming through behind them. You know, they say you're never successful unless you have a successor. You're never successful unless someone is coming behind you and you're, you're, you're seeing your, the fruit in your life being produced in other people's lives. And fruitful people understand that it's not about them, but it's about the people that they can invest into. You know, growing up as a, as a Christian and as a leader, I, I found that the the, the most times I heard from God was when I was leading people. When I wasn't in leadership, when I wasn't leading people, or I wasn't discipling people, I wasn't reproducing myself. When I wasn't doing those things, I, I didn't hear the voice of God that often. But as soon as I stepped into being a youth leader or being a youth pastor, I heard from God and I got more from God because it wasn't just for me, it was for the people behind me. So fruitful people understand that it's not just about them, but it's about other people in their life. Number four. Fruit is attractive, it's nourishing, it ex exists for the benefit of others. Fruitful people are exciting to be around, they, they attract people into their life, they understand that being a, a fruitful person draws people to you and you can have influence when you're a fruitful person. When we moved up to the country from Adelaide, uh, we, we learned a lot of things about country people, in particular country people 
that have neighbors very close next door to you. And, and we learned a lot of things about uh, just the different etiquette out in the country. And one of the things was we got there and, and our neighbor has a, a mini fruit orchard. And so she came over as soon as we moved in and said, you know, anytime, just come over and, and, and take some fruit and you can have it. And, you know, it's there, just, just go and eat it and things like that. What we didn't realize was that that was a two-way street, which meant she could come over anytime and do whatever she wanted in, in our house. And so, you know, it, we moved over in the summer and, you know, often late at night she would, uh, or in the, in the afternoon she would come over and she'd bring, you know, this basket of all this fruit and come over. And, and we came from Adelaide where you didn't really know your neighbor at all. And so, you know, we're there and I'm in, in my pajamas or whatever, or often, you know, being a hot day, I'm just in, in a lot less. And, and we got a glass door. And so she'd just come along and start knocking on the door and looking in the house. And, and there was one particular... One particular afternoon and evening and, you know, we're in the corner here and we had a glass door and, and our bedroom was over there. So I had to go past the door to get changed and didn't really have too much on. So it was, it was a little bit awkward, but that's just country people for you. But this is the thing about fruit. Fruit is nourishing and, and fruit attracts people. It attracts people into your life. It attracts people, you know, into your situation and what you're going through. And so if you want to be a fruitful people, if you want to be fruitful, then start attracting people and God will use you influence other people. Number five, and this is the one I want to look at today and spend uh, a bit more time on, is that fruit comes from a healthy tree or a healthy plant. Fruit comes from a healthy tree or a healthy plant. You've heard the saying, a healthy tree will produce healthy fruit. A healthy tree will produce healthy fruit. An unhealthy tree will produce unhealthy fruit. As a pastor, uh, uh, you know, people often would come to me and, and, you know, with their, with their issues or their problems, and I'm sure they don't do that to Pastor Rob, but they, they, they do that to me and, and they, they come and they, you know, say, oh, look, I'm, I'm dealing with this. I've got this issue or this problem or, or uh, you know, I'm trying to work through this. I'm trying to go through this. And, and what I found is a lot of time people will focus so much on their issues and so much on the things they're going through and trying to take that issue or that fruit and try and make that one fruit healthy, try to fix that one fruit. Uh, and often I would, I would look back and say, okay, well, I'm not, let's, let's not look at the fruit. Let's look at the root issue. Let's look at the tree. Let's get you healthy and eventually you'll produce healthy fruit. And, and I find a lot of people, they focus so much on, you know, uh, there's anxiety and I've got anxiety and I've just got to be better at managing my anxiety or fixing that fruit or trying to make that fruit healthy. But instead of, of stepping back and saying, okay, what's the cause? What's the root? Let's, let's try to deal with some things on the inside. Let's deal with some of my attitudes and some of my heart and, uh, and you know, the things that are going on in here. And when I get that right, then I start to produce healthy fruit. Uh, you know, a lot of the times for me, you know, I'll be driving along and I'll say, God, I need more patience. God, I need more patience. And, you know, and you're praying that prayer, God, help me to be more patient. And, and you've said, I need, to be, I need to be patient. So I'm praying for patience. God, give me patience. And, and it lasts about 10 minutes and someone cuts me off and, and it's game over. There goes my patience out the window. And we can focus so much on, I've got to be more loving. I've got to be more patient. I've got to be more kind. I've got to have more self-control. I've got to, you know, whatever it is. And we focus so much on the fruit and trying to get the fruit healthy. But if we look at the tree, a healthy tree will produce healthy fruit. And that's what I want to look at today is how do we become people that are healthy trees? How do we live our lives and, and live from that perspective of getting healthy from on the inside so that we can produce healthy fruit? 
So in order to understand this, we've got to go back to Genesis and look at the, the two types of trees. And I want to sort of break this down a bit for us and look at how do we live our lives as fruitful people. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 to 9 says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man and he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye, good for food. And in the middle of the garden, there was the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So essentially, God you know, creates Adam and Eve, probably know the story, and puts them in the garden and puts lots of trees in the garden, but signifies two significant trees. There's the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he puts these two trees there. And I've never really looked into these two trees until, you know, looking at being fruitful. And I thought, I wonder what these trees represent and how, how they work. And I want to break down these trees and look at these trees and look at how, what do they represent for us today. So essentially, as you can imagine, God puts Adam and Eve in the garden and says, this is the tree of life and that's fine. And then says, this is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but you can't touch this tree. You can't eat from the fruit of this tree. You, you got all the other trees, but you can't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Essentially, God said, I'm going to put you in the garden. Here's a red button. Don't press the red button. And who knows that Adam and Eve, they would have been walking around the garden and, and enjoying their time and going, oh, there's the red button. Oh, we're not allowed to press the red button, but, but there's the red button. Uh, and they'd go on with their life and, you know, they'd be going and they'd begin to not notice the rest of the trees because they'd be, you know, that's the red button. God said we're not allowed to touch the red button, but there's a red button right there. I wonder what it, what it looks like. And you can imagine Adam and Eve sort of being drawn to this, this, this red button, essentially. And it's kind of like when you get a red car and you, you drive a red car and you notice, wow, there's so many red cars on the road. I didn't realize there were so many red cars on the road because it's like God saying, there's a red button, don't press the red button. And we know that Adam and Eve, eventually they pressed the red button. They, they took from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And because of that, sin entered the world and we live in a fallen world in a fallen state because they touched the red button, right? And what happens essentially is, is they, they ate of this tree, they ate of the fruit of this tree, and because of that, we live in sin, and, and humanity is essentially born out of this tree. This tree represents sin, it represents lots of different things, and because Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we live in a fallen world, and so essentially as humans, as people, we're born with a sin nature, and we have a tendency to sin and a bias to sin, and we live out of this tree. We live out of this tree. And what I find interesting is that this tree is not necessarily a bad tree. If you think about it, whenever I thought of the trees, I always thought, well, this is the evil tree, and then there was the good trees. But it doesn't say this is the evil tree. It says this is the knowledge of good and evil. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This isn't the evil tree. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what Adam and Eve essentially did, and what this tree represents, is this tree represents you doing things in your own strength. You doing things in your own way. It, it represents works. It represents trying to earn my approval from God. It represents me taking my own life into my own hands and doing what I want to do with my life. This tree is not necessarily a bad tree, but this tree, and this is what Adam and Eve did, they went from relying on God to saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just do this my own way. I want to figure it out for myself. It's the knowledge of the tree of, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And sometimes as Christians and sometimes as believers, we can live our lives from this tree. And I want to look at the other tree. There's another tree in the garden, and, uh, and this is the tree of the, 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 what is it? 
tree of life. It's the tree of life, and, and, and this is the tree of life, and this tree represents God's grace. It represents being led by the Holy Spirit. It represents being someone that draws their strength from God, and it's God's grace is what God did for me. It's what He did in my life. It's because He died on the cross for me. It's not me trying to earn my way to God, but it's me receiving what God has already done. And the fruit of this tree is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. But the fruit of this tree is all of that fruit, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, and things like these. So we're born into a fallen world, and the reality is, as believers, we get to decide which tree are we living out of. So I want to show you a picture of salvation. This is what God does. We, because Adam and Eve sinned, because of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because they made that decision to eat from this tree and essentially said, God, we've got this. We'll do it ourselves. We can handle it. We, we, we'll live by our knowledge. We'll live by our understanding. And we live out of this tree. Humanity essentially grows up with this sin nature. And we are grafted into this tree. And what happens is when God saves us, He comes and He, he takes us out of this tree and He grafts us into the tree of life. And so when we get saved, God comes and he takes us out of this tree, takes us from the, the ways that we were, the, the ways of the world, the, the things that we grew up, that sin nature inside of us, all of those things, and he takes us and he grafts us into the tree of life. If you don't believe me, then just look at my 19-month-old little girl. We don't need a teacher how to be selfish. We don't need a teacher how to throw fits of anger, right? We don't need to teach her how when we go to Zambrero's for lunch, we want a nice family lunch, that she throws herself down and starts crying and the whole store is looking at us and we're just trying to eat our lunch. We don't need to teach her how to do those things. We are, as people, these are our natural tendencies. Does that make sense? And the fruit of this tree is our natural tendency. But when God saves us, he takes us out of this tree and he grafts us into the tree of life. And what happens is we have a decision to make as believers, which tree are we living out of? See, there's two processes that take place with God. The first one is called salvation. Salvation is free. Salvation is what Jesus did for us on the cross, that he died for us on the cross. And because he died for us, I get to freely accept what he did for me. And salvation is free. We pray a prayer and we invite Jesus to come and live in our life. Salvation is free. God comes and he grafts us into his tree. But the second process is called sanctification. And sanctification will cost you everything. See, salvation is free. When God comes and He takes us and He grafts us into Him, and, and, and as uh, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. See, salvation is God's process of taking us and grafting us into Him. That's free. But the second thing is God saves us. Then He says, now that you're saved, I want to sanctify you. And sanctification is the process of becoming more like God. It's that separation. It's, it's the, the separation to be holy. It's that God takes us, and now that we're saved, 
We still carry the issues that we had when we grew up in this tree. We still carry those things with us. But now, now God says, I want to I save you, but I also want to take those things away from you. I want to help you to become more like me. I, I want to help you to become someone that lives out of the tree of life that displays the fruits of the Spirit. And so I'm not talking about salvation, but once we get saved, we then have a decision. Okay, which tree am I living out of? Which tree am I living out of? See, I, I want to become someone that produces much fruit. I, when I die and I get to heaven, I want God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's my heart. And I think that's the heart's desire of every believer, every Christian, is, is a desire to, to live their life not for themselves, but live their life as someone that was fruitful. We want to be fruitful people. But the, the, the challenge is, how do we become fruitful people? It's not an instant thing. It's not a, there's no pill that you can take. There's no magic trick. There's no magic prayer you can pray. So how do we become people that are fruitful? Uh, and I want to break this down. I want to show you, you know, there's lots of different ways, but we'll just show you one quick key as to how we become people that are fruitful. And, and this key is found in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. It says, This day I call heaven and earth as a witness against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. And then it says, now choose life. Every day I've set before you two choices. Do I live out of the flesh or do I live out of the spirit? Do I live saying, God, I've got this on my own. I can do it. I can do it in my own strength. Or do I live as someone that says, God, I need you completely and I have to rely on you to get through today. See, every day we have a choice as to which tree we draw our source from. Every day we have a choice. Do we live out of the idea that, you know, God is, is boxed in on a Sunday and, and when I go to church, I'll, I'll sing some songs and pray some prayers. And, you know, but during the week, I've got it. I've got it all sorted out. I've got it all figured out. I, I know the knowledge of good and evil. I know how to live a good life. I've got it all sorted out. Or do I wake up every day and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. God, not my thoughts, but your thoughts. Not my ways, but your ways. God, uh, I, I want to live out of what you have for me. The question is, and the challenge is, which tree are you living out of? Which tree are you living out of? Are you living out of the tree of the flesh where you can do it all in your own strength? Or are you living out of the tree of life where you're saying, God, I cannot do this without you. I cannot live my life without you. I cannot do what you've called me to do. I, I need your grace. I need your favor. I need your, your faith to come and rise up inside of me. The challenge is, which tree are you living out of? You know, there, there were days that uh, when I got saved and there were, there were things that I carried with me when I got saved and and, and they, they stayed with me and I often found myself back here choosing the decisions out of this place. And then I would say, oh, I'm sorry, and I would sin and I'd fall short and you know, I'd get up the next day and I'd go straight back to this tree and I'd live straight back from here. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm already saved, but which tree are we living out of? Which tree? And, and, and there were times where I'd you know, just every day, every day be living out of this tree, living out of this tree. And, and, and this verse in Deuteronomy just kind of unlocked something for me. And, and I, I got to understand that every day I had a choice, which tree do I live out of? And every day I wake up and I say, God, I'm going to choose life today. God, I'm going to choose you. 
God, I'm going to choose what you have for me. God, I'm going to choose uh, the plans that you have for me. I'm going to choose the calling that you have for me. I'm going to choose what you have for me. And every day I get up and I say, God, I want you to come in and be a part of my life. And I want to choose life. And I want to choose life. How do you become a fruitful person? One of the keys is wake up every day and say, God, I choose you. I choose to draw my strength from you. I choose to, to draw my source and my, my everything from you. And you make that decision and you watch that over time you'll produce fruit. You might have you know, some issues and, and things, and we all do. We all have this, this tug, this battle, like I talked about, that goes on inside of us, the, this war that wages. And, and every day we have to make a decision to choose life. Every day we have to get up and say, God, I choose you and I choose life. And, uh, and it's interesting in Galatians 5 that the two different fruits uh, that Paul lists, they're actually related to each other. And I want to show you the difference between someone that lives out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, someone that lives out of the tree of the flesh and, and the world and doing things your own way and, and making your own decisions and living life the way you want to do it versus someone that lives their life on this side and says, God, every day I need you. I need your Holy Spirit. I need your presence. I need you to come and, and speak into my life. I want, and, I, and I want to look at the two different fruits and break down the two different fruits because to know which one you're living the majority of your life out of, you've got to look at the fruit. So in this passage in Galatians 5, Paul lists the fruit of the flesh, which we read out earlier, and, and then Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit, and they actually are very closely related. So the first one is that you can either have love or you can have sexual immorality or sensuality, which is false love. So there's two choices. Every day I get to wake up, do I choose to live from a place of love or do I choose to live from a place of lust? There's two fruits. The second one is that Paul lists is joy. You can either have, and I find this interesting, you can either have joy or you can have religion. Idolatry, sorcery, rules, regulations, trying to earn my way to God, trying to tick the boxes, trying to go through the motions because if I, if I just pray this prayer, maybe God will love me some more. Or if I just bow down to this God and I impress Him with my, my works and my acts and what I do, maybe, maybe God will love me more. Or we can have joy. We can live with joy. We can live from a sense of my life is found in God and, and it doesn't matter what happens to me because ultimately God's one. I've checked the back of the book, God's one. And I'm going to heaven and I'm secure in my, in my salvation. I'm secure in my faith. And I can have joy because I'm living out of here. Does that make sense? Third one. You can either have peace with yourself and others. Or you can have enmity, strife, jealousy. If you're living out of here. You can either have peace with yourself, you can be at peace with God and peace with yourself and you can have this peace that surpasses all understanding, which means that regardless of my situation, regardless of what I'm going through, everything's going to be okay because I've got a peace on the inside. There's a peace. It's okay. It's going to be all right. It doesn't look like it, but I know because God is in control, because I'm living from here. Or we can have enmity, we can have strife and jealousy, and we can constantly be at enmity with other people and being competitive and trying to you know, be the head and trying to be the best and trying to be the top. We can, if we're living out of that, maybe we're living out of this tree. We get to choose which tree do we live out of. You can either have patience 
or you can have fits of anger. When you're driving along and in Clare there's a road where it's 50 through the town, then it gets to 80. And uh, there's a lot of holiday homers and people come for holidays in Clare and the sign clearly says 80, but no one seems to like driving 80. I don't know if it's the same here, but... And I'm driving on this road and I've got the peace of the Lord in my heart and as soon as it gets to 80, that peace just goes and this guy's still going 50. And I, I start to live out of this tree a few, a few times, but... There's two trees. You can either have patience or you can have fits of anger. You can either have goodness or you can have rivalries and dissensions. There's two types of fruit. Two types of fruit. You can either have faithfulness or you can have divisions. In your relationships, in your church life, in your loyalty to your boss, to your job, we can... We can be constantly living with this idea of this isn't good enough and I need to change and I need to have something better and the grass is greener on the other side and, and I'm changing, I'm changing. This church isn't good enough for me anymore. I'm going to go to the one down the road or next door. There's about 400 churches in this area you can, you can choose from. But it's this living with this sense of it's just not, nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's ever good enough, and, and I've got to change. I've got to get better. I've got to trade in my wife for a newer model, or, you know, whatever it is. You can either have faithfulness, or you can have division. You know, faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. Faithfulness is a decision to say, you know what? I'm going to continue being faithful. I'm going to continue rocking up to church. I'm going to continue being faithful to my wife. I'm going to continue to be faithful to my kids and faithful to my job and faithful to what God has given me because I know it's Him that's given it to me. Or we can be constantly, nothing is ever good enough and, and, and constantly wanting to just be better and, and devise. There's two trees that we can live out of. We can have gentleness or we can have envy. We can treat people with care and compassion or we can treat them as competition. There's two trees. There's two types of fruit. That's my one minute warning. And you can either have self-control or you can have drunkenness. You can either have self-control or you can have drunkenness. There's two types of fruit. And every day we get to wake up and decide which tree am I going to draw my source from? Which tree am I going to draw my source from? And Deuteronomy tells me every day I can wake up and I can choose life. I can choose life. I can say, God, I, I, I'd step back and I let you take control I'll let you take the reins. Whatever you have for me is all that I need. Whatever you have for me is everything that I need. Just a moment. We're going to just enter into that minute of silence. And as we do, the, the band's just going to come up as well. And As we're doing that, I want, I want you to think about which tree are you living out of? Which tree are you living out of? Let's just have a minute silence and then get the band to come up.
Father, we thank you for those who chose to die so that we could have life. Thank you for their sacrifice. Thank you for what they did for us, that we can live in freedom. Freedom is essentially the ability to choose. Freedom is defined as the ability to make decisions. And thank you that we can live in freedom. We can live in choice because of other people's sacrifice for us. Amen. Amen. So this message is not about getting you to try harder to be more fruitful. Got to be more patient. Got to be more kind. Got to be more loving. I've got to be those things. This message is simply about asking which tree are you living out of? Where are you drawing your strength from? Are you drawing it from your own ambitions, your own desires, your own thoughts, whatever you want to do, whatever your life is? And, or are you drawing it from a place where you say, I'm stepping out the way, God, I'm letting you take control. You know, every day, Galatians says, every day there's this battle that goes on on the inside. There's a battle that goes on in the inside. And, and every day we get to wake up and choose life. Sometimes it's big decisions. Sometimes it's small decisions. You know, for me, my story is I went to university and got a degree in radiation therapy and I had my whole life planned out. I went to uni because that's what I wanted to do. And, and I had my whole life, I had all the jobs lined up, had a six-figure salary, had all these great things in front of me. And God came to me and said, I want you to step into ministry. I said, God, I can't hear you. I, I, something, something wrong with my ears. And, and it kept coming back and it kept coming back and it kept coming back. And he confirmed it with scripture and all these different things. And, and there's some days where you wake up and there's big decisions you need to make. Do I live my life the way I had it all planned out and, and I had everything, all the ducks in order? Or do I go, God, I'm going to take a step of faith finished my five years at uni and, and I'm a New Zealand citizen. I'm from New Zealand and I paid my whole uni up front and I worked and I earned and I did everything I could. And then God said, okay. So he could have called me before I went to uni. But, but I had to make a decision, which tree am I drawing my strength from? Am I doing it from a place of, I've got my life sorted and, and I know where I'm going and I loved God and I, I attended church on Sundays. I was involved. I, I, I wasn't a bad person. This isn't a bad tree. It's just a tree that says, I'm doing it in my own. I'm doing it my own way. Or do I say, okay, God, I trust you. And there's some days where there's big decisions and we got to decide the, the big decisions, say, God, I choose you. But there's, there's some days where it, it's just little decisions. It's do I, do I get angry at this person or do I forgive them? Do I, do I try to compete with this person and, and take them down and cut them off or... or or do I say, you know what, you're a champion, I'm going to encourage you today. Sometimes it's big decisions, but sometimes it's small. And we live this life, as Galatians says, there's this battle that goes on inside of us. Where are we drawing our strength from? From the flesh or from the spirit? And Paul says, you've got to live from here. And the reason you've got to live from here is because you'll see the fruit that God has for you. It's not a bad tree. These aren't bad people. Living out of here, it's, you're not a bad person. You're just trying to do it on your own. And God's calling you. He's saying, no, 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 don't do it on your own. Trust me. Because my ways are higher than your ways. My plans are, are, are higher than your plan. My thoughts are higher. What I have for you is just so incredible, but you've got to choose life. You've got to choose life. 
As Deuteronomy says, every day there's blessings and curses. There's, there's, there's two choices. And, and I want to challenge you today. Which tree are you living out of? Because everyone produces fruit. This tree produces fruit. But so does this tree. The, 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 the question is, which, which fruit are you producing? God's saying, come on. Come on. I want, I want you to be someone that's fruitful. I want you to stop trying to do it on your own. And, and what I have for you is so much better. What we're doing now is just so much better than what I would have been doing if I'd chosen to stay in what I wanted to do. But it's, it's in those moments you've got to make those tough choices. God's calling. Maybe it's for you this morning. Maybe it's a big decision. It's a big decision. It could be a relationship or a, or a job or a, a calling. You know, it, it could be a big decision. And God's been speaking to you and saying, trust me, trust me, choose life, choose life. And you've been here and you've been saying, oh, I know you're calling me, but this is safe. This is easy. I can see, I can understand. This is the knowledge of good and evil. I can figure this out. I can't figure that out. And maybe you're living here, or maybe it's a small thing. You, you know, there, there's, there's certain fruit in your life. Maybe that list resonates with you, sexual immorality and, and drunkenness and self, you know, all, all of those other things bits of anger maybe maybe those you can relate to them and it's those daily decisions you're making you say I want to I want to get better and, I, and you're focusing on just well if I stop watching that TV program the lust will go away and you're just trying to get the fruit healthy don't worry about that just just live here trust God say God help me draw my strength from you my source is from you God help me the tree of life there's two choices every day I want you to just close your eyes and bow your heads for a moment and as I, as I mentioned earlier, sal salvation is the process where God takes us out of here. and He grafts us into himself and we get saved. And that's a free gift. Much like those who, who died and, and sacrificed themselves in World War I for our freedom today, Jesus did that, but he did it for eternity. So we're going to pray a prayer together and I want everyone to pray this prayer after me. It's a prayer of, of confession of your faith. It's inviting Jesus to come and live in your life. You don't need to earn it. You don't need to, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. You just need to accept Him. We're going to pray this prayer. I want everyone to repeat this after me. Say, Dear God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Forgive me for yesterday. Come into my life today and walk with me into tomorrow. And let me know your peace your joy, your love, your patience, your self-control. Just with everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed, just for a moment, I want to know if there's anyone here this morning, you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time. And you invited Jesus to come and live in your life. And you say, Simon, I prayed that prayer and I meant it and I want to invite Jesus. I want to pray with you and meet you after the service congratulate you on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. So just on the count of three, if there's anyone here this morning, one, two, three, just put your hand up. I want to see it and we want to pray for you. Is anyone here this morning? I want to encourage you to just be a church that reaches out to the lost. Just be a church that reaches out. Bring Church is, church is the, the, the number one place where people get saved. We want to be part of a church that sees people get saved. I want to encourage you to do that. But I thank God that we're amongst family here this morning. 
And I also want to give you an opportunity. I just feel we're going to, we, we want to pray for you. And I just feel like God wants to do some ministry to you in your heart this morning. And so if that resonated with you and, you know, the, the, one of those two things, there's things going on, whether it's big decisions or small decisions, it doesn't matter. But if you find yourself living out of here and you say, I need to, I just need God to come and speak to me this morning. I need God to come. I need someone to just come around me and lay a hand on my shoulder and pray for me. I need some prayer. I've got, I've got some things that I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with. It could be big. That could be small. It doesn't matter. We, we, all, we all float between here and here. And some weeks I'm here and, and I'm, I'm close, but some weeks I'm here. And, and it's when we're here that we need people to get around us, and pray for us. So oh, we're going to sing that song, New Wine. And and, and that's just such a great song to signify what Jesus does in our heart. He br- brings fruit and, and He does all those things. But I want you to just stand to your feet. We're going to sing that in just a moment. But if you need prayer or you just need someone to get around you, whatever you need to do, you're welcome to come up the front. You can lift your hands or just speak to someone next to you and ask them to pray for you. But we're family here this morning. And, and so we want to do that. But let's just, let's just allow God to come and speak into our hearts this morning. So let's sing.